Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence. This is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to an afternoon edition of The Chaser Report. Xander Shivaniv and Dom Knight with you. Hello, Xander. Hello, Dom. How are you going in this very rainy day? It's incredibly wet. That's why I didn't come to the office. And our guest this afternoon, uh, another one of the comedians who's performing around the country in the next little while, Anthony Lacascio. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dom. Thank you for having me. Great to have you here. Now, look, your, uh, your show, there's a request in the title of your show. Talk us through it. Yeah, I'm sick of it. Frankly, I've been the people have been people have been shouting it to me for for way too long. Uh, so, the show is called "Don't Call Me a Wog," which um, it's uh, it's kind of uh, I guess dichotomous in its uh, in its aim because on one hand, I don't want to be called that word, and I don't really want to be I don't really want to be associated with uh, that kind of I guess traditional humor. But at the same time, I would love for my people to come and buy tickets to my show. And if I can give them any indication that uh, that they should come watch because we have a shared ethnicity, I will. So that that's that's <laughs> encompassed in the title. Um, and that's really what the show is about. It's It's about me feeling super comfortable, super uncomfortable, super prideful, super shameful all throughout my life about my Italian and Greek roots. So you want to have your panettone and eat it, in other words. You want to get the, get the very loyal audience that I know support your shows already and yet not fall into that category. Exactly. Exactly right. I want to, I want to yeah, have my, have my panettone and eat it too. Is it like the, there's the two wolves inside of you thing, you know, the one that wants to make money and the other one that wants to be true to yourself? Hundred, hundred percent, man, hundred <laughs> percent, and uh, that's kind of the uh, the the hidden aim for this show. I want to I want to trick everybody into thinking that they're seeing what uh, quote unquote wog or ethnic stereotype comedy has been in this country for the last thirty years, and then once I've got their money and their bums in seats, oh, this is something a little bit different, which which I'm, I'm sure they'll still like. I got to say, because it has been an absolute comedy juggernaut. I mean, full credit to Nick Giannopoulos uh, and the whole team in Merikustis. I grew up when Acropolis Now is one of the biggest shows on TV, and the number of gigs they did at the Enmore that just sold out over and over and over and over again um, for all those shows. I mean, there's a lot of money there, so you're threading the needle a little bit on this one. I'm tr- I'm trying to, and and you're absolutely right, and I'm I'm certainly not intending to disparage that i mean they, they, these people are all of my influences i loved watching them when i was growing up and i reference and mention a lot of them within the show because uh especially with acropolis now george capanaris has been a, a, a basically a mentor to me i got to do shows with them with those guys uh many times over the years i'm just aiming to show how I'm a point of difference. Yeah, right. When you started doing comedy, did you feel like you had to make content that was a certain way or in a certain style? 
Or well, no, I um, I didn't want to be, I didn't never wanted to be pigeonholed. I never wanted to be known as the the ethnic, the Italian, the Greek, the ethnic comedian. But uh, you know, you're starting out, you're you're just trying to develop material that works to any degree, and rightly or wrongly, material about ethnicity is is relatively easy to get to work because it's something that people people resonate with. And so I found myself inevitably doing a few jokes about being Italian and Greek and the contrast between those two cultures, et cetera. And as a result of that, I got labeled as a ethnic comedian and I got sent on the, 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 the WOGS show tours. And I found myself uh, either really wanting to embellish that side of my material or completely just hating it. Um, and, and that, that uh, that dichotomy is what I've actually experienced uh, as a larger thing in my life. So this show is two stories running parallel to each other. It's the story of my upbringing. Uh, when I was a kid, my, my parents are Greek and Italian, but they, they married each other because they were not keen to just sort of stick to the herd. Uh, and we were a really... Aussie family growing up. We were really, other than having lunch at my grandparents' house and having friends that were of similar backgrounds, we weren't really super duper ethnic. Um, but then my parents got divorced and they were sort of both struggling for identity in the, in the post-divorce uh, time. And so they both really uh, dived into their ethnicities a lot. And all of a sudden we went from not being very ethnic to like the most ethnic people in the world. I'm a teenager going to Sydney grammar school, uh, as, as Dom well knows, uh, is not the most, uh, ethnically it's, it's very diverse, but it, there's a lot, there's a lot of white people there. Uh, I'm sitting there as the Greekest kid in the entire playground and being, being made to feel so as well. Um, so <clears throat> my life, I felt like has been a roller coaster of, of pride and shame in my cultural background. And then when I started comedy, I felt that that was a, the way I was treated and the way I saw myself in doing comedy was also a metaphor for that. So it's uh it's two very similar stories that I'm telling across the show that almost converge at the end to the same conclusion. I just want to be clear. I was not one of the people in the playground making Anthony feel uh, different or excluded. I just went to the same school a long he was, time he before. Was, he, he was. We weren't even. We weren't even in the same year. He just we weren't even friends. <laughs> we weren't even friends. They just come back to the school just to scream at me. Yeah, there's no, thirty year old guys. They're just bullying Anthony through the fence, just really screaming at me. I never would. But um, I guess it is an, an interesting position to be in, having both of those backgrounds, because both Greek and Italian people do get that slur. But of course, as you are living proof of, it's it's very different cultures and so kind of bizarre that it all gets lumped in together whereas in your case i imagine the contrasts are pretty uh, pretty steep yeah absolutely and and i'm i'm the person to be able to to say that i i have a part of the show where i complain about the kids at at my school uh also thinking that i was lebanese so that that's that's an even even bigger umbrella for the for the term wog they just they the, the kids had no idea where I was from or what I was doing. Uh, they just knew that I was, I was something, I was something ethnic. I was something oily 
Did you, did you find that like people would make a big deal out of your last name through school and stuff? Because my last name's Shivaniv, right? And it's got a lot of mm. Zs and Ws in there. And the teachers would always make like a performance out of trying to get my last name right every time they said it. Oh, big time, big time. Uh, and and I, I'm, I must admit in, in your presence, I, I feel a little ashamed because my surname is a lot easier to pronounce than yours. But in most <laughs> circumstances, it's not. Nobody growing up ever really got it right. I kind of just got used to not correcting people. The best I got was I was in detention in uh, in year seven and the teacher pronounced my surname as Anthony, something starting with L. I'm not even going to try this. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to know in high school because there was a couple of Alexanders in my grade, but I would just hear like the Alexander and just the stutter afterwards was like, yeah, that's me. You don't have to, you don't have yeah. to attempt this anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm Alexander. Pause. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Chaser Report. Less news, less often. Yeah, it's funny because um, I went to the same school as Anthony with a gentleman by the name of Chaz Lichadello, and his surname caused enormous confusion. And I really, the first time I ever met Chaz was in roll call in year seven, day one. And his attempt in every single class was to say his surname, his, his name and his surname together as quickly as possible to confuse the teacher. And so the first thing I heard him do was a joke over and over again in class. So well, this this is the class character, clearly. But um, yeah, no one could pronounce his surname. And it's not like it's that difficult if you hear it once. It's, are we not using our ears? Is what? Do we just not care? Are we just are we just the asshole here? The people who um who don't make an effort with surnames. The thing is with Italian surnames is that um, phonetically they look they look relatively easy, but <laughs> they the 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 way the English alphabet or, or the Italian or English alphabet. Uh, is set up is that the letters are the letters together uh, come out with different outcomes. So you see you see Lucasio, you look at it and you think, oh, that that seems relatively easy because because it is so phonetic. You jump in and then you get halfway and you realise, oh, oh, what do I do here? And I'm sure Luchadella <laughs> is exactly the same thing. I got your surname wrong um, in trying to work out around the sort of thing. Xander's surname I I've gotten wrong previously. Um, <laughs> You we we but you you learn, can't you? You can you ask and you remember and you listen. It's, we have to deal with everyone's surnames, right? Like, and first names. It's just it's surely that's just a minimum level of respect, right? But apparently not. No, and and I I I really have gotten used to just not really caring how people say it. As long as as long as you've made an attempt, that's fine with me. Obviously, this show encompasses a lot of what you've been dealing with throughout your life. Was it? you know, there's been two years of, of lockdown and shows not really going ahead. Was it was it an emotional process trying to write it over that time or did it come to you relatively quickly? Yes, yes and no. This is a very, this is a, compared to the last hour that I, the last hour I did was extremely personal. It was about uh, a breakup and, and, and some stuff like that, uh, mental health issues. This one's so much lighter compared to that for an audience, but I was so much more angry writing this one. I, but I just had one, one singular focus. 
I, I was, I was sick and tired of going to gigs where there'd be, I, I did a gig recently at a, at a shisha bar and it was in Western Sydney and the vast majority of the audience was Lebanese. Uh, and I remember arriving and one of the other comedians uh, said, oh, you know, you're going to kill here. This is your demographic. And I remember thinking, what makes it my demographic? The, 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 the country that these people come from is not even in the same continent as the country that my grandparents have come from. I don't understand why. And then that, that, that's a real example of, of how I've felt in my entire time doing comedy. And it's, it's led to frustration. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend like I've hated doing shows to 800 people when I get to team up with the WOG comedians. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily doing the same things as they are. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I realize that I'm, I'm trying, as we've said from the start, I'm trying to have my panettone and eating it too. I'm complaining about being pigeonholed, but I'm also not minding the perks that come with it. And that, confusion that inner turmoil that juxtaposition is kind of what this show is about and in putting it together do you kind of deconstruct the nature of ethnic humor because it's it's a really interesting area isn't it like just um the actual approach to humor and how it works and even the question of who is able to play in that space and how they do it i think it's just it's just a really interesting area of, of comedy intellectually is that sort of what you're getting into or is it more the, the lived experience of growing up in Australia with this background or these backgrounds? So I, I've really felt in my entire time developing my own material that stereotype humour is not what I want to do because I feel like, especially when it comes to ethnic stereotypes, you're, you're discounting how unique and personal a person's relationship with their ethnicity is. Mm. If you just say, oh, well, we, we all came from this rock in the Mediterranean, therefore we must have had all the same experiences. I don't buy that and I don't like that. So I want this show to be uh, relatably unrelatable if, if that, if that uh, rings any kind of truth. Uh, I want people to come and say, oh, I've also had weird experiences that have only occurred to me because of my ethnicity because that's the, those are the stories that I'm telling. Uh, the conclusion is that so – Towards the end, I talk about a conversation that I had with my very good friend and former podcast guest of yours, Harry Jun. Uh, Harry and I started comedy together. We got kind of simultaneously very sick of being labeled as a, a WOG comedian or an Asian comedian. And we made a pact for a little while to not do any material that had anything to do with our ethnicity, both in performance and in writing. And for that period, we were just like everybody else and we hated it. And so we have tried to find a way to blend our cultural upbringings with the people that we are now to make something completely unique for ourselves. And that's ultimately what I want my work to be. That's what I want this show to be. And that's what that's the message that I want people to take away from this. The other thing is that I'm, I'm doing it at the Adelaide Fringe Festival, which is in two weeks, my show starts. I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody, but it's a Fringe Festival. You know, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for me to mold and learn the show and make changes as I go. I think people buying tickets to come and see me will give me uh, the benefit of the doubt. And 
I know that I've put so much effort into the writing and the production of this, that at the very least, even if people don't laugh at every single one of the jokes, they will at least appreciate that a lot of work has gone into this. I think if the Adelaide audience don't know by now that they're the, the trial venue for people to work on their Melbourne show, <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a shock. So that's the 14th to the 19th you're in uh, Adelaide. Then you head to Melbourne from the 10th to the 24th of April, so to gigs there. And then uh, you come into Sydney. I am coming to Sydney. Before that, I'm going to be in Perth for the Perth Comedy Festival. I've got two shows on the 6th and the 7th of May. And then a week later, I will be doing one night only at the Sydney Comedy Festival uh, at the Factory Theatre on May 13th, Factory Theatre, one show only in Sydney. Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do a, a one big one. Very nice. So you're going on a proper national tour. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope so. You know, you, 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 you might have a couple of shows in, in Melbourne or Adelaide that might have, you know, 15 people in it and it doesn't feel necessarily like the most national tour-y kind of thing. But <laughs> yes, you're right, Xander. It's, yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad because I've been trying to do this for a couple of years now. Yeah, it's so exciting that it's all back and people are touring again, comedy festivals are coming again, and let's hope nothing else messes with this, huh? Yeah, yeah. There's no um, no world wars on the horizon to scare <laughs> us. Nothing, nothing like that. Aggies from Red Microphones, part of the Acast Creator Network, and we'll catch you tomorrow morning. Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.